0: What's up everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you on a Tuesday. You know, Canelo Alvarez fought this past weekend, so this podcast is about to be fire. Um before we hop into it, the drink of the night is some Hennessy. You know, one of Canelo's biggest sponsors, that good drink, you know, to get you going for the night. But uh let's get into it, man. Uh Billy Joe Saunders, you know, he uh he impressed me. I'll give him I'll give him his props, it's just due. Um he utilized his jab pretty well and actually countered uh Canelo Alvarez. Um, pretty effectively. Uh, I would say he won probably three rounds at most. Um, a lot of that was due to Canelo Alvarez uh, sitting back and feeling his opponent early on. Um, but you know what? Like You got to give uh, Billy Joe Saunders his props because a lot of fighters go into it and uh, they don't really have a game plan. Um, I will say that Billy Joe Saunders didn't really uh, adjust. Um, he stuck with uh what he thought was going to be his most suspe- most uh, effective keys to victory. And uh, he proved that and he showed that he didn't really have a plan B. Um, and that's primarily the reason why he eventually got caught. Um, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, he had a tendency to uh, try to evade punches by ducking down. And uh, that's very dangerous when you fight someone like Canelo Alvarez, who um, one of his best punches is the uppercut. And, uh, of course, that's how Billy Joe Saunders eventually got caught um, and effectively uh, ended the fight. Um, Canel Alvarez actually uh, broke uh, Billy Joe Saunders' orbital bone in three places, caved in his cheek, and uh, Billy Joe Saunders had uh, what he claims is successful surgery from this past weekend, um, but nevertheless, his career is actually in jeopardy. Um, There's... A lot of questions whether uh, he'll be able to fight again, just due to the fact that this is a facial injury, and uh, the break was so severe, uh, or uh, rather, the breaks were so severe uh, that it actually impacted his eye. Um, And it's a good thing, you know, that they ended the fight. I will say, uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, within the media and from, uh, you know, uh, fellow fighters out there that, uh, Billy Joe Saunders quit and, uh, it was a terrible look. He shouldn't have done that. So on and so forth. Of course, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, had similar remarks to, uh, Dubois. Um, and you know, you just hate to see it, man, because, uh, as much as I dislike Billy Joe Saunders and, uh, he's easy to dislike, uh, from all of the disgusting things he's done, um, from, uh, encouraging a, a rival promoter to uh, share a picture of his daughter for National Daughters Day, knowing that his daughter died uh, the previous year, um, to uh, paying a homeless man to do uh, inhumane things, to uh, impersonating a cop and getting someone uh, to strip in front of them. like These are disgusting things that disgusting people do. But um, nevertheless, when someone goes through an injury uh, of the nature that he had, And uh, the talk from the public is that he quit. He didn't have any heart. Um, He's not a true champion, so on and so forth. Uh, I don't agree and I don't like to hear that because, uh, you know, you got to give him his respect for even showing up in the first place. Um, As disgusting as he is, uh, that's not something I agree with. And uh, I put one aside from the other and, uh, you know, let's just leave it at that. But uh, this fight was pretty pretty interesting. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, man, uh, he's bad. He's fucking bad. Uh, his skills are so um, precise. Uh, I will say that uh, I would like to see his activity uh, increase a little bit. I know he uh, kind of uh, switches up based on his opponents, and Billy Joe Saunders um, was the type of opponent that was jabbing, 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 so Canelo Alvarez is trying to uh, read and react, uh, see what's good from afar. Uh, but... If someone is uh, a little more effective, that's going to make the rounds uh, that much closer for Canelo. So that's just a little thing that he'll, of course, work on. Um, he went out there and he showed that uh, he has some awesome personality. Uh, you saw the excitement of him uh, in his post-fight interview, um, shouting out Mexico. And, um, you know, really uh, in the, in the uh, locker room after the fight, Uh, talking to Eddie Hearn, um, in the post-fight interview at the stage, uh, he really, he really showed his personality and, um, his charisma, and that's only going to build up his star power even more, which is insane to think about because, uh, you know, he's (laughs) the best boxer out there, pound for pound, number one, biggest star in the sport, so it's just pretty crazy to think that, uh, it's only going to go up from here. Now, this fight had 73,000 fans in attendance, uh, at AT&T Stadium, which was a, a record for uh, American fighters. Um, that was that was fucking awesome. Uh, COVID aside, uh, it was awesome to see, and it was awesome to hear the crowd. Uh, I will say that uh, seeing that atmosphere and hearing that atmosphere and uh, how they reacted to his fight um, during and post, we need to see Canelo Alvarez fight in Azteca Stadium in Mexico City. Um, Of course, the seating capacity is uh, 87,500 people. Um, But once you take into account where the ring would be on the field and uh, the seating surrounding it, I mean, I'd have to imagine it it would push 100,000. And uh, given what his star power is and what he means to Mexicans, um, I I can't see how he wouldn't sell that fight out. So uh, we need to see that happen at some point. Um, Ideally, it would be against uh, another Mexican fighter. Maybe uh, I don't know. Someone like a Jaime Munguia will go a little more in depth and uh, about potential fights uh, going forward. But Munguia is from uh, Tijuana, so uh, you know he has uh, some backing within his country. And of course, Canelo Alvarez is Canelo freaking Alvarez. So um, you get him out. You get that type of fight out there. Two Mexicans in Azteca Stadium. Yeah, I. I that would be fucking awesome uh, Etch his name in the history books uh, For one of the most viewed uh, fights in history um, I was uh, checking uh, checking the stats And uh, actually Julio Cesar Chavez uh, Once fought in Azteca Stadium And had over 130,000 uh, people in attendance I don't know how the fuck they got that number um, Just given that the seating is 87,500 How the hell did they get 50,000 extra people in there? I have no idea. I didn't really uh, dive too deep into it, but you know he got it there. And uh, if we can get uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, six figures, more power to him. And I'd love to see it. He deserves it for what he's done for the sport. And uh, I want. I, I just really want to see that. Now, from an historical narrative, uh, Canelo Alvarez is starting to get his just due uh, from the media. Um, I would say uh, in the past it was about fifty-fifty. Half the media honestly had like a distaste for him um i think largely due to the fact that he isn't an american and uh there's just like a natural bias uh when you look within uh the american media but i think people are at a point where it's kind of hard to uh say anything negative about him at least from the media standpoint um of course fans out there uh have their own opinions and of course honestly there are some smaller media outlets out there um which are more so ran by the people, quote-unquote, in the blogosphere. But uh, in terms of the professionals, the true, true, true professionals, like, say, from uh, The Athletic, ESPN, uh, Yahoo, um, you know, all of those types of multimedia platforms, Uh, Canelo Alvarez is pound-for-pound number one, no questions asked, put it in the bank and leave it there to gain interest. now there people are starting to talk about how he'll look in terms of, uh, historical landscape, uh, where he would fit in the all time list. Um, and honestly, I love to see it. I fucking love to see it. Uh, I, I agree. Canelo Alvarez is one of the best boxers of all time. And, uh, Given his age of 31 years old, he has plenty of time to continue adding to his legacy, which is already insane to think about, and uh, I I just want to see what he can do from here, because he's honestly amazing. He has 16 wins in title fights. Uh, For uh, perspective, uh, that's third for Mexican fighters. Ricardo Lopez has 25, and uh, Julio Cesar Chavez has 31. Now, I know what you're saying. It's It might be a little premature uh, to mention Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, 31 uh, title fight victories uh, in the same breath as Canolaver's 16, uh, just given the fact that Julio Cesar Chavez, I mean, he did kind of double it, and uh, he had what, like... 35 to 40 more fights uh, within his career. But just once you uh, take a step back and look at uh, Canelo Alvarez's age, uh, his recent activity, um, the fact that he's a free agent is, isn't is going to have as many roadblocks to uh, getting out there and fighting the people he wants to fight, fighting when he wants to fight, he can kind of do his own thing. Um, you kind of have to mention in the same breath. And uh, also, um, Canelo Alvarez and, uh, like, say, the opponents he's facing um, on a more regular basis... I would say, um, have a higher floor than necessarily, uh, the totality of Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, opponents. Of course, Julio Cesar Chavez fought some amazing fighters. Like, of course, like, um, first comes to mind Pernell Whitaker. Um, so many guys out there that are, uh, either future Hall of, or that were Hall, are Hall of Famers, or, um, at least, have, uh, very credible fighters. Um, but, you know, there, there's a large mix in there of, uh, people that, uh, Necessarily aren't worth a mention, um, but you know that's that's not what we're here to discuss too much. Um, I'm just putting some historical context for where Canelo Alvarez sits uh, along his Mexican contemporaries, um, and uh, honestly, I can I think we're gonna get at least five more years of Canelo, and uh, you know, fights three times a year, he can he can get up to that point um, if he is victorious throughout. Of course, that's a lot to say. And uh, there's a lot to think about. So much can happen in that time. Um, But the potential is there, and that's that's what's most important. That's just what you got to think about. Now, we have uh, to look forward to Canel Alvarez coming coming back in September. Um, And, of course, everyone knows that Caleb Plant is next on his hit list. He is the guy who has uh, the IBF belt the aka the fourth belt within the 168 pound division aka the last one he needs to be undisputed aka the last one he needs to be the first mexican ever and the first man overall to be undisputed within that weight class um that's that's what's next on the hit list for him and uh we're gonna we're hopefully gonna see that i don't see al Haman getting in the way um, I think there may be a little push and shove between uh, PBC slash Showtime and uh, dezone slash Eddie Hearn in terms of uh, which network it's going to be on. Um, there might be a price war of some sorts, but uh, I think uh, that'll just be a case of where it's going to happen, um, meaning uh, when is it going to happen, as opposed to if it's going to happen. We're going to see this fight. Um, that much, I'm sure of. Just the way that uh, the people at Showtime, people at Fox, people within PBC have been talking about Caleb Plant as a potential opponent for literally like the past six months, Um, even though Canelo had two, actually three fights um, pretty much booked uh, along the way. Uh, Yeah, there's just no way that fight isn't going to happen. And this is great. Um, I fully expect Canelo to win that fight. I I rank uh, Caleb Plant lower than Billy Joe Saunders, um, and we all saw what happened to Billy Joe. So... There you have it. Canelo Alvarez come the first, uh, well, second weekend of September. He's likely to be the undisputed 168-pound champion of the world. Now, since I fully expect uh, Caleb Plant to lose the inevitable fight with Canelo, uh, I'm not going to go too deep into that. Of course, once it actually gets officially signed, um, then I'll go deeper into that. And of course, as we get closer to the date in September, there's just so much time in between, um, so much potential to talk about that later on. Um, but you know me, I'm, a, I'm the type of guy that likes to look far in advance, far into the future. Yeah, you know, um, some would say uh, that's a toxic trick, but... I really don't give a shit um, So I'm thinking about Canelo Alvarez coming back in December And the reason why I'm thinking that is because I think Canelo really wants to have four fights within the, cal- within the calendar year And I think he wants five fights within a 365 day period Of course at the end of December he fought Callum Smith in February he fought Envy Old Durham. Um He just fought Billy Joe Saunders He's expected to fight Caleb Plant I say he comes back first or second weekend of December finishes off that five fights in a 365 day period and he closes the door shut on triple g that's my prediction i think uh to be more specific i think he fights caleb plant on fox sports or not fox sports uh fox also works with uh showtime and pbc but uh it'll probably be on showtime pay-per-view and um I think uh, Canelo Alvarez will tell Eddie Hearn, look, I'm going to hop over there for this fight. But I got you come December. I'm going to give you guys that Triple G trilogy that you guys have been asking for for the past few years. I'm going to open that door, bring him in and shut that shit down and walk out into 2022 um, as the fucking man. Now, I think that's going to happen. And, you know, it's not even guaranteed, of course. Uh, There would have to be a fight in between then. So I don't want to go too deep into what I think about that fight, even though I pretty much told you I think Canelo's going to win that one. Um, But hypothetically speaking, say he wins that fight with Triple G. 2022, man, that's going to be really fucking interesting. Now, with uh, the undisputed status, uh, you know, around his waist and Triple G behind his back, that'll leave uh, a a few clear rivals out there for him um, to consider. Now... (coughs) Of course, we have uh, Jamal Charlo. We have uh, David Benavides. Both of those men are with PBC. Uh, and, of course, we also have uh, Arthur Betterbeev, who's with uh, ESPN slash Top Rank, and uh, Dimitri Bivol, who's with DAZN. Now, I'm going to set aside Dimitri Bivol and Arthur Betterbeev because uh, I think they have a lot of uh, business to care- take care of for themselves. I say uh, by the end of the year... Better Beave is probably going to fight Joe Smith Jr. Dimitri Bivel, I say he fights, I don't know, Gilbert Ramirez. I don't think they're going to fit another fight um, by the end of the year once those are out of the way. Um, So that'll leave uh, the beginning of 2022 for them to settle who the best light heavyweight in the world is at the moment. And um, so the reason why I'm putting them aside is because at that point, there won't be two potential opponents. There'll be one one man standing and uh, all the marbles will be okay. I'm going to be undisputed for the time being. And uh, I'm going to throw my name into the hat for a potential um, Canelo Alvarez fight. So I think uh, having said that, of course, going back to the first two names I mentioned, Jamal Charles and David Benavidez, I think those are the two guys that Canelo is going to be most concerned, uh, concerned with. And I say uh, he's going to like what he has with Caleb plant on pay-per-view. He's going to like the rekindled relationship with Al Heyman with Showtime, and uh, he's going to go back for 2022, have Fox Sports in his backing for, uh, like, everyday TV network type of thing, um, have Showtime uh, for the exposure, get Al Heyman in his corner, and uh, he's going to fight Jamal Charlo and David Benavidez. I don't know what order, but I I think that's going to happen in 2022. Now... There's also some other young guys out there that could be potential opponents. Uh, Jaime Munguia, which I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the pod, and uh, Edgar Berlanga. Now, I think those guys are too green at the moment, and uh, just given uh, the priority of the other four names that I mentioned, those are guys that uh, you know could take the time to get more seasoned and uh, eventually become uh, Canelo Alvarez opponents. Um, of course... Given that Canelo is fighting this caliber of opponents and has these guys in his mind and in his sight, I think some lighter touches will also need to be fit in to preserve his body. You know, every great champion mixes up top and French contenders. Look at Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard, um, shit, Floyd Mayweather, Matty Pacquiao, um, Muhammad Ali. These guys mix in some people that, you know, to stay busy. Some guys that quote-unquote didn't deserve it from the standpoint of uh, if that was the only fight, say they were going to fight that year, yeah, then they didn't fucking deserve it. But, you know, they're fighting often. They're fighting uh, pretty much any challenger that came their way. Um, so having said that, some lighter touches that Canelo could also consider, um, not necessarily in the immediate, but, uh, you know, as he continues down with his career because uh, I expect him to to stay for another four or five years, like I said, maybe even six So uh, some other opponents you can think about are the Durrell brothers, uh, Gabe Rosado, David Lemieux, a guy I'm a huge fan of. I mention him all the time in my written work. Um, That's a fight that kind of uh, slipped away from Canelo just based on the fact that David Lemieux kind of missed his opportunity. But, you know, he's stuck around. He's high up in the rankings. That's a guy that, you know, could be a potential opponent. Um, Expand him uh, in the Canadian market. Get him some fans up north. Um, You have John Ryder. Another Brit, you know, Canelo loves to fight them Brits, you know, Aiden O versus them. Um, Chrissy Bank Jr., another Brit. Um, Carlos Molina. These are guys that are respectable, actually have, like, some really good names. And uh, in retrospect, when you look at his career, yeah, if you're in the know, you would know, like, okay, those are some lighter touches, but they're respectable guys. A lot of them former champions. A lot of them have fought some very incredible fighters, and uh, it'd be some additional, um, you know, thumbtacks for his resume. The future is bright, man, and, uh, you know, God willing, uh, Canelo can build his case for greatest of all time. Um, I said that earlier, and I fully believe it, man. Some people may scoff, given that, uh, you know, he lost to Mayweather, drew against Triple G, and, uh, you know, some people think he arguably lost that fight. I think a draw was fair, um, but in my heart of hearts, I think Canelo actually won that fight, uh. Just to, I don't want to go off too far on a tangent, but uh, I thought Canelo Alvarez really neutralized Triple G in the first fight. He read him probably the first four rounds, and I think Triple G won those rounds for sure. But I would say by round five and six, it was like a little close, kind of tied. And then going forward towards the end of the fight, I think Canelo Alvarez actually took that fight over. He kind of figured Triple G out, and uh, that's why at the end of the fight, everyone was like, oh man, like this is actually really fucking close. Um, I think Canelo Alvarez you know, showed that he was able to make some adjustments against the boogeyman, uh, the man that no one wanted to fight. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's why I think he won that first bout. But, you know, I'm fine with the draw just uh, based off the fact that it was really close. Even though I think he he won that fight, it was was by the slimmest of margins. Um, So, yeah, a draw is more than fair. But I think he dominated uh, the second fight. Uh, a lot of people think, uh, well, a lot of Triple G fans are like, oh, no, he lost that fight as well. And a lot of neutral fans are like, eh, you know, it was close, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But no, I think Canelo actually uh, dominated that fight because uh, Canelo heard um, the noise um, following the first fight. They were like, oh, he was backpedaling, he was countering, so on and so forth. Which, uh, I don't know, if you've watched Canelo Alvarez, you would know that that's his fucking style. But uh, anyway, going into fight two. He heard that, and what did he do? He came down, and he backed up Triple G. Um, he was the one pushing him to the ropes. He was the one hitting him with the body shots. He was the one hitting him in the chin. And uh, I think based off that, Canelo Alvarez really showed that uh, he's the man. He earned it, and um, yeah, I thought he won that fight. Um, so even though he had uh, you know, those uh, quote-unquote setbacks, um, every champion has setbacks Unless, uh, you, of course, you're Floyd Mayweather Who, once you get to that money status And uh, everyone's eyes are on you You all of a sudden decide that you're not going to take any risks um, Of course, he has some names um, Miguel Cotto, though, he was in a bad place uh, Which was proven by his back-to-back loss with Mike Trout, I mean, Austin Trout <laughs> Immediately after um, Oscar De La Hoya was old um, Canelo Alvarez was a kid that was also weight-drained at that point um, Floyd Mayer there made him lose an extra two pounds uh, when he wasn't you know, physically in his prime and able to do so effectively, and it, it showed. Um, Manny Pacquiao was clearly not in his prime. And I mean, just go on down the list. Uh, from when he was at 147 to 154, uh, it's filled with guys that either had no business being in the ring, like a Victor Ortiz and Andre Berto a um, Robert Guerrero, or uh, guys that uh, you know were past their prime. Um, Clearly, they thought Marcos Maidana was of the latter group, and uh, he actually went out there and proved that he was a formidable foe, and that's why he got that rematch, um, because there were some questions there. Um, Of course, I think Floyd won that fight, but uh, there were questions in the sense that that was like the first time in a while that Floyd looked uncomfortable. So, everyone, I mean, look at Muhammad Ali, look at Mike Tyson, look at Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard... All of these guys have taken L's, and uh, of course, Canelo took an L against Mayweather. And since then, he has improved every single fight. Um, his skills are as sharp as you could possibly imagine, and uh, he's earned uh, everything. So I think, uh, I think uh, he, if he continues down this path, stays healthy, um, he could potentially be uh, in consideration for greatest of all time. Now. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Canelo has the opportunity to take out the next two best options at 168 in Charlo and Benavidez. Of course, Charlo's at 160, but he's fully expected to move to 168 immediately uh, once Canelo shows uh, the willingness to fight him. After uh, you know he he solves the riddle of being the undisputed uh, champion. And of course, I think uh, that light heavyweight fight would be the one that you know cements his his legacy, even if he loses it which uh, is fully, fully possible. Um, Archer Betterbeev is amazing, 16-0, 16 knockouts. I expect Betterbeave to be bival once that fight happens, if that fight happens, speaking it to his existence. Um, I think Canelo Alvarez would enter that fight as the underdog, and uh, rightfully so, you know. He'd be moving up in weight. Um, he'd be fighting a guy that is undefeated, has all these knockouts, and, uh, yeah, it would, it would be, one, really close to i don't know it would just be really close fight it's honestly too much to think about just because i don't even expect that to be a possibility into 2023 at the earliest maybe december of 2022 but you know that's a little too far in advance to go into the specifics but if you if you get those opponents, add them to Canelo's resume, um, you just look at his body of work and uh, what he would uh, inevitably continue to do going forward, even if he does take a loss. Um, just the fact that he would have taken that challenge, I mean, you would just have to respect it. I mean, that's what champions do. And, uh, you know, he would be uh, etching his name in history and throwing his uh, name in the hat for potential greatest of all time. Um, boxing history is as dense as you can possibly imagine, and um, it's impossible to point to a single fighter, but with Canelo Alvarez making uh, an intentional effort to uh, get his name out there and earn that respect, uh, you have no, <laughs> there's no excuse not to respect him, and not to respect that. So uh, I think uh, when it's all said and done, he one, he's going to be the best of this era, and uh, you know he'll be a potential GOAT. Now, that's it for uh, the pod on our side. Um, Of course, next week we have UFC 262, uh, Luis Neary's fighting Brandon Figueroa on Showtime. So we got some great fights coming up, and uh, next week's pod will be amazing. Um, As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for keeping up with us at TheBadPromoter.com. And, of course, keep following our socials, keep liking, keep commenting at TheBadPromoter. And, uh, you know, let's have a great week, y'all.